Instead of focusing on winning arguments, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and marketing and how we can use them to win in the world of politics, teaching you how to meet people where they're at on the issues they care about. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Well, happy, happy Wednesday there, folks. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show. And thank you for joining us on, of course, another fun-filled episode. I am, as always, your humble host, and thank you for joining us, yes, here at the lovely Stratus IP Studios in Eastern Indiana. Don't let cyber attacks or old technology slow your company down. Learn more at stratusip.net or get your free business consultation scheduled over at briannicholshow.com forward slash stratusip. All right, folks, we're going to go ahead and give a shout out to today's sponsor, and that is Right Strategies. And that actually is quite pertinent for today's episode because, yeah, we're talking to a, uh, a candidate who's actually running for office. And this is for all you folks out there who are also candidates looking for help as you're running for office, or if you're a, a small business owner looking for help as well. Well, here I have a great, great opportunity for you. Right strategies are going to help specialize in the unique challenges of both running your political campaign, but also helping you if you're a small business owner in the digital landscape with a proven track record of helping clients win their elections, but also grow their businesses using smart, strategic digital marketing. Right strategies is going to be the perfect partner to help you reach your goals. They have an awesome team of experts. They're going to help you save time and money while helping amplify your message to win your elections and, of course, win in the marketplace. With an SMS texting feature from Right, uh, right Strategies, you're going to receive an efficient, affordable, and smart way for uh, to focus your marketing budget and also help you reach thousands of voters and customers, making a powerful impact on the outcome of your election and business growth. From social media management to expert graphic design work, marketing your product or campaign to help building your brand awareness, Right Strategies can put together a plan that makes sense for your goals and do so within your budget. So if you want to learn more about how Right Strategies can help you win in your elections and help you win in the marketplace, head to briannicholshow.com forward slash RS and you can get your free political campaign or your free marketing plan report card. And of course, be sure to let Morgan and the awesome team over at Right Strategies know that I sent you one more time at briannicholshow.com forward slash RS, amplifying your message where voters and customers spend their time. All right, folks. So yes, I'm looking forward to today's conversation with a candidate and it's a very lively candidate. This candidate's trying to roll it back and heck, the last time I saw her, she was doing some actual cartwheels. Tanya Millis, welcome here to the Brian Nichols Show. Hello. Thank you for joining us. You you were literally were doing cartwheels last time I saw you, Tanya. Talk to us about that. You're you're trying to roll it back and literally doing cartwheels. What got you to run for office also as a big L libertarian? And you're you're making people uh, raise raise some eyebrows, eh? Yes, I am. Uh, well, actually, I was a lifelong Republican before I became a libertarian. So I set myself free. Um, and there's a lot of other people following suit, uh, realizing that our founding fathers absolutely did not did not want a two party system that we call. Well, they didn't want a two party monopoly uh, that we call the duopoly. So um, and I actually have a quote here. So if, if your listeners want to bear with me, if you ever heard of John Adams, OK, one of our founders. OK, this is what he said, quote, there is nothing which I dread so much as a division of the republic into two great parties, each arranged under its leader and concerting measures in opposition to each other. This, in my humble 
apprehension is to be dreaded as the greatest political evil under our constitution. And that's what we have today. Wow. People are going to vote and they, they even say this, like voting for the lesser of the two evils. Well, we don't need to have the two evils. We're not supposed to have that. So um, people need to do the research and um, vote libertarian, or maybe there's some other independent candidate who um, is a constitutionalist um, that can help break up the two-party system that is ruining this country. Well, and your claim to fame here is to be bold, vote gold, and uh, yes. to effectively roll it back. And, and yeah, I'm not going to let you get away with it, but you, you literally were doing cartwheels, Tanya. You, you were literally <laughs> well, doing cartwheels. Actually, <laughs> well, how that came about that day was um, we were doing a rally in a gym. It was a gymnasium. And, um, and I'm an ex cheerleader from a long time ago. So I used to be a gymnast as well. And, um, we were talking about my roll it back campaign, which is about rolling back the pesky rules and regulations and laws that are taking away our freedoms and liberties. And I give many examples. If you go to my website, tanyaforcongress.com, there's all the issues I care about. I actually have a roll it back page on my website where I do weekly opinion pieces and talk about, um, uh, whatever's being discussed that week or what's in the news and solutions and how we can roll things back. And at that particular rally in Jeffersonville in the gym, I thought, well, why don't I just roll into a cartwheel if I can get people to chant, roll it back, roll it back. Cause we do have the roll it back signs and they did. And so I did a cartwheel and I was told that it was in perfect form, even in high heel shoes. Yes, it was in <laughs> high heel shoes. In fact, uh, no, Tanya, it was, it was a really great time to hang out with you. And as well as our other libertarian candidates, recently we had the show James Seniak. He's running for U.S. Senate here in Indiana, still working on Jeff Moore. I know he's been busy debating uh, both the Republicans and Democrats there. Well, he's trying to debate the Republican, but requires him to actually show up. And, and actually, that's something that you just experienced as well. And let's talk about this because I'm... I'm new here, right? I'm still I'm getting acclimated to the uh, the great state of Indiana. I moved out here in January of this past year, so I'm still kind of getting used to uh, what it's like not living in an area dominated by leftist Democrats. So that's been nice. Um, but also, I, I didn't realize how established the establishment Republican Party is in many of these state and, uh, you know, more the, the, I'd say, smallish federal offices, but I mean, Congress and U.S. Senate, for example, here in Indiana. But like it, it, it is mind boggling when you realize how little they, they feel, it seems, that they have to earn the vote of their voters. And, and that's something you're seeing as you're going out and meeting with voters one on one is that your Republican candidate uh, that you're facing, they're nowhere to be found. Talk to us about that. Okay. Um, well, first of all, for your viewers, um, I'm hoping some of them live in District 9. I'm going to hold up a map here. And District 9 is in the southeast corner of Indiana, this quadrant here. There's 17 counties, actually 17 in the third. So if you live in these counties, you're in District 9 and you could vote for me. Um I ran actually two years ago. It was the first time I ever run for office. I'm a real estate broker and I ran against uh, Trey Hollingsworth and he was the incumbent and he didn't do debates either. He didn't do any town halls, but he's loaded. One of the wealthiest uh, guys in Congress. And um, so he just paid for a whole bunch of TV ads and radio ads and got his name out there and, um, then the election 
election day in 2020 in Indiana, which leans uh, red, heavily red. Um, it was a very contentious presidential race. So the majority of the people just walked in, pressed the lever for Donald Trump, Republican, and then walked out. Mm. And that was an automatic vote for my opponent. And really I quick, so really, I don't mean to interrupt Tanya, but could you explain how that works with the 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 what single ticket voting here in Indiana? Yes. Um, if you are a Republican or a Democrat, you can just go and press your party button. And that's an automatic vote for every Republican on down ballot to township council commissioner. And or if you vote Democrat, it's an automatic vote for all the down ballot Democrats. So and that's what happened in 2020. Um, people um, wanted Trump to win and they didn't even bother splitting ticket. They just walked in and just hit the Republican lever for for Trump. But that was an automatic vote for my opponent as well as the other Republicans. And in most of the counties, my opponent, the Republican opponent, got almost the exact same percentage as Donald Trump did. Hmm. So it was real clear what happened. Um, but even still, um, as a libertarian, I had one of the best campaigns in the country for a three-way race as a libertarian. Um, so I was encouraged to run again. Um, and now the um, incumbent, he's not running again this time, so it's an open seat. But um, people just assumed in the Republican Party that whoever won the primary would automatically win the general election. So my Republican opponent just thinks she's won already. So she's not attending town halls. The political forums will not do a debate um, because she thinks she's already won and she don't have to answer questions from the people in District 9. So I think that's a disservice to the voters. It's also disrespectful, not only to them, but to the media as well. I attended a forum last night in her hometown, Salem, Indiana, and she didn't even show up in her own hometown for the political forum. And the room was packed. And my Democrat opponent was there. He showed, and we're cordial. We get along just fine. I mean, we can have political differences and still be civil to each other. So, you know, um, yeah, we don't have any problems there, but um, there was an empty seat between us and it was noticeable. <laughs> well, and I think I've had to get re-familiarized, I guess, with the the different political labels out in the Midwest. Because if you come from where I've lived for the past seven and a half years, Philadelphia, uh, a Democrat, you have your moderate Democrats and you have your like hyper leftist progressive Democrats. And there is no kind of, I would say, like true independent right-leaning Democrat, which seems to be your average Democrat out here. Heck, I would say even your average Democrat out here in many cases is a Republican in the Northeast. So I you know, originally grew up in New York State. George Pataki, he was my last Republican governor I can think of, and he's by no stretch a, a rock-ribbed conservative by, you know, by what we would consider today for right-wing standards. So you see even in that case, right, the Republican Party of the Northeast is very indicative of what you have here as a Democratic Party in the Midwest. So even on that standpoint, I think it's even more important for the Libertarian Party because not only do you have a responsibility now to serve as that, not only the third choice, but now you're helping hold the feet to the fire to, in this case, the Republican Party. We have a responsibility, I think, when we're running as Libertarians to hold Republicans to what they claim to be their number one issue, which is talking about the, the limiting of our government, your adherence to the Constitution. Heck, this is stuff that I know you experienced and you used to believe as a Republican. I, same exact way, growing up in New York, I believe that. So you, you look today and you see, no, that's not really the case in a lot of these 
folks, when they're running with the R next to their name, they don't carry that into elected office. So let's talk about the, the difference between you, Tanya, and the Republican in this case as a foil. I know it's easy to, to pick on the Democrats because you know, it's just easy to pick on the Democrats, but let's focus specifically here on your Republican counterpart. Where are you out Republicaning the uh, Republican in this case? Um, I guess I, uh, one of our libertarian colleagues, um, I was at a booth uh, at a festival and it was a few weeks ago. And he said um, something that struck me. He said, because he used to be a Republican, and he said, I'm doing now as a libertarian what Republicans say they want to do, but they don't do. What the Republicans used to be like, forever ago is what libertarians are now, which is to adhere to the constitution. Republicans used to be like that. Now, um, unlike Republicans, though, libertarians are more open. We have more diversity um, in our party. Um, and we have people from all walks of life in our in our party. Um, and we think that big government needs to stay out of y'all's business and the common thread is the Constitution. And but we are so open um, with 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 the diversity and all the different types of walks of life. And people should be able to live the life that they want to live with who they want to live and be able to eat and drink what they want to drink. As long as you're not hurting other people, then you mind your business, I mind my business. And that's one thing that's different with the libertarians versus the Republicans. As far as me and my opponent specifically, um, I really can't tell you what the difference between me and her is because I don't know what she is. She's not <laughs> out there. She does uh, She does tote the party line. You know, um, she says the exact same mantra as the incumbent did when he got elected, word for word. It's just the same old recycled stuff, but personally, I really don't know what she's for. In the world of wine, there are so many choices, and that's why Blood of Tyrants Wine has tyrants losing their heads. Whether you're looking for a new go-to at home or want to impress your friends at a party, Blood of Tyrants Wine has you covered. And if you're trying to get rid of some pesky tyrants in your life, well, we've got that covered too. Head to briannicholshow.com forward slash wine and get $5 off your order. One more time, briannicholshow.com forward slash wine. Free men don't ask permission, so take a sip. You'll be glad you did. Well, and that's why folks are looking for alternatives, right? And, and frankly, Tanya, I mean, what perfect opportunity do we have here? And let's look at specifically the Libertarian Party here to serve as not just the third choice. And my audience has heard me rant and rave about this many a time, is that it's not enough to simply be the alternative. It's that we have to right. stand for things that the other two parties aren't standing for based on what we're hearing the voters tell us they're not having addressed. So how about this, Tanya? Let's spend the, the next uh, back half of the conversation focusing specifically on that. What are you hearing from the constituents that you're seeking to represent are their top of mind issues? They're saying, Tanya, please bring this to Washington as one of our top concerns. And can you do us a favor, help roll it back? Yes. Um, of course, the freedoms and liberties that have been stripped away and also inflation and gas prices. Um, our national debt is $31 trillion now. And I, I want to show you something. My uh, rack card, which is a nice one, but on here I talk about the $30 trillion in debt. And this rack card, which is probably a few months old, is already outdated because now our debt is $31 trillion. <laughs> So you 
your brother, your kids, your grandkids, even the babies, each owe $93,000 of that debt. Your babies own as well as me and our grandparents. Everybody does. 93000 is what you owe of that debt. How are you going to pay that back? Mm -hmm. So um, when I talk to people about how our country is broke and I get into the weeds a little bit with them, their eyes are open because they because they used to think this $31 trillion is just some number out there in outer space. No, that's your debt that you incurred, that your representatives placed upon you on your behalf. So we need representatives that really represent the people. And I want to be the people's voice in my district. Um, one of the things that I talk about, and you were talking about libertarianism um, uh, more broadly, but each candidate has something they want to do. They have their own platform. And me as a congressional candidate, I have a list of things that I would like to accomplish um, and pursue as um, a representative. And one of the things is to eliminate the Internal Revenue Service. The Internal Revenue Service is um, a behemoth um, that came about in 1913. Uh, and we don't need it anymore. In modern society, with our modern technology, there's no reason for the people to be filling out paperwork every year, filing your taxes, the complicated forms, the exemptions, the loopholes, and all of that we can be gone. And all the money that's spent just to have the IRS and all the hundreds of thousands of people that work there, you know, we could do a transition and they can get a job elsewhere. But my plan, the transition would be easy. It wouldn't take that long. And it would be a consumption tax. And how that would work is here in the state of Indiana, for um, example, is we have a 7% sales tax. If you buy shoes, clothes, a car, you pay 7% sales tax. Well, if we added a percentage to that, then the states would send money to the U.S. Treasury and the money would be there to pay for our national defense, our U.S. roads and the other things we're required to pay for. So um, you would then know in real time what you're paying in taxes. You would have more money on your paycheck because there wouldn't be any federal income taxes taken out of your paycheck. So your take home pay would be higher. And then you decide what you're going to spend your money on. And people talk about, well, the wealthy need to pay their fair share. Well, OK, here's an example. If I wanted to go to Walmart or Kohl's and buy a $40 purse, or if I could afford it, go to the Coach Leather store, buy a $400 purse. Well, of course, I'm going to pay more in taxes on the $400 than the $40. And the wealthy who spend more and buy more high-end items would therefore be paying more in taxes. And that's fair. And so my plan is modeled after the FAIR tax, the fair tax, but with some modifications. So it would be an easy transition. It would take, you know, several months to transition over. Um, and like I said, I, I'd be willing to give a year to transition over. And that way the employees would in the IRS would have a year to transfer to another government position or preferably the private sector. But we would save so much money, taxpayers money, by not having the IRS. And with the consumption tax, they still would get the money into the U.S. Treasury. And um, yeah, it could be done that way. And when I talk to people like that, they're, yeah, yeah, I like that. <laughs> so um, that's just one of my plans. Um, politicians in Washington, D.C. have been talking about abolishing the IRS for years and decades, actually, but it's all lip service. 
So if I get elected, the politicians on Capitol Hill, are, they're going to hear me coming a mile away. And you can ask my friends. I have a big mouth. <laughs> it's true. I heard you at the, uh, the event there in the gymnasium. You had to fill the entire gymnasium. And we, yeah, okay, we had a microphone. But still, uh, my point stands still. Uh, Tanya, thank you for outlining that. And I think the voters appreciate that. And across the, uh, the United States here, the audience, the Brian Nichols Show, they appreciate that because – we're trying to figure out what works. What can we do to implement liberty-based solutions and get them actually into action? It's one thing to to feel like we're right and to to you know put, pat ourselves in the back. It's another thing to actually get our ideas into action to make a real legitimate difference. And actually, it's funny enough, we had a conversation yesterday with Connor Boyack from the Libertas Institute, also the uh, author of the amazing book series, The Tuttle Twins. Um, and that was a great conversation. And we talked about this, how we have to be effective in our, our strategy versus just trying to you know feel like we're the kings of, and queens of being right. That doesn't accomplish anything besides getting the uh, the self-satisfaction of seeing the likes go up on our, our Facebook groups. But in terms of actually getting substantive liberty-based change into action, no, it doesn't really accomplish anything when we take that approach. So I, I thank you for, for helping you know, show that it is possible for us to lead with liberty-based solutions. And with that, you can actually get folks to get on board with our liberty-based solutions. Uh, so long as you, what do we always say, meet people where they're at on the issues they care about. So that's my final thoughts, Tanya. What final thoughts do you want to leave the audience with here today as we uh, wrap up the episode? Okay. Yes. Um, there's, there's a lot more uh, plans and a lot more on my platform. So you need to go to my website, tanyaforcongress.com, but also to your listeners who um, are on the fence. Uh, I, I ask this question um, a lot uh, at the forums. What is the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting a different result. People used to think voting third party was a wasted vote, but now they're realizing voting the same old politicians, the same old duopoly over and over and over again. That's the wasted <laughs> vote. So if you um, really want to change um, and you live in District 9, um, I would love to be your voice in Washington, D.C. So um Consider voting for me on November 8th, Tanya for Congress. All right. And Tanya, where can folks go ahead if they want to continue the conversation? But also, if you want to give you some dollars, where can they go do that? TanyaForCongress.com. There's a contribution tab right there um, on my website. And also, there's an email address and a phone number. So you can give me a shout out. We return emails and return phone calls. Perfect. All righty. Well, Tanya, thank you for joining us. And folks, thank you for joining us. If you got value from today's episode, I have some homework for you. I know homework. Can you believe it? Sorry, but it's it's not difficult homework. Here's what it is. Number one, go ahead. If you are in the great state of Indiana, my fellow Hoosiers, and you're specifically living in District 9, well, I'm going to challenge you to share this episode with at least five of your friends. They need to hear the message and frankly, that there is a, not just a different way they can vote, but a better way that they can vote. So that's number one. Uh, number two, if you got value from today's episode and you want to support Tanya's campaign, well, please, uh, if you go to the Brian Nichols Show uh, show notes here, you will see we have a link there. Um, all you got to do is click the artwork in your podcast catcher. It'll bring you to today's episode over at BrianNicholsShow.com where you can find 
all of Tanya's information, including the uh, link to go ahead and give a donate button. Um, and also, if you, uh, number three, got value from today's episode here at The Brian Nichols Show, well, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. Head to briannicholsshow.com forward slash support and support the program. You can do so one of two ways. Number one, you can become a $5 uh, supporting listener, and that's uh, over on Patreon. The link is there over on our website. Or number two, you can make a one-time PayPal donation, $5, $20, anything. It all goes right back here into The Brian Nichols Show so we can do what? Keep having amazing guests on the program that will keep you educated, enlightened, and of course, informed. So with that being said, thank you for joining us on today's episode. With that being said, Brian Nichols signing off here on The Brian Nichols Show for Tanya Millis. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com. Enjoying the audio version of the show? Then you'll love our YouTube channel. Be sure to head over there and subscribe. And if you're new to The Brian Nichols Show, be sure to head to your favorite podcast catcher and click download all unplayed episodes so you don't miss one of our nearly 500 episodes that will be sure to leave you educated, enlightened, and informed. If you got value from today's episode, can you do me a favor and head to briannicholsshow.com forward slash support and leave us a $5 donation. And by the way, have you given the show a five-star review yet? If not, head to Apple Podcasts and tell folks why you listen to the program and don't forget to tell your friends to subscribe too. Follow me on social media at B Nichols Liberty. And again, if you'd be so kind, please consider making a donation to The Brian Nichols Show at briannicholsshow.com forward slash support. The Brian Nichols Show is supported by viewers like you. Thank you to our patrons, Daryl Schmitz, Michael Lima, Mitchell Mankiewicz, Cody Johns, Craig DaCosta, and the We Are Libertarians Network.